Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I am your host, Kim Smith, and we are on episode 130. I can't believe it, but it really is 130 episodes into this podcast. Today's title is Do All That You Can to Live in Peace with Everyone. I cannot believe all that has happened in my life and the lives of those who live in my area over the last seven days. So some of you may have listened to my podcast, uh, episode 129, where I was talking about find out who your friends are. So I recorded that podcast just before Hurricane Ida, the word impacted is not strong enough, (laughs) crashed and continued to crash into the southern coast of Louisiana on August 29th, 2021, 16 years to the day that Hurricane Katrina hit the Gulf Coast. When I recorded last week's podcast, I was very somber. And I'm going to tell you right now that as I was standing in my bathroom for well over six hours, crying out to God, calling on him as my refuge and strength, claiming his promises, but promising to praise him no matter what happened. I thought about the podcast that I had recorded the day before that was not going to be released until the day after the hurricane hit. I thought about it because in that podcast, I had talked about the fact that if that were the very last time that I was able to speak to anyone on behalf of Christ, I wanted to make sure that it counted. And I was very focused on making sure that everyone who heard that podcast knew how much Jesus loved them. But It just seems so appropriate that we talked about finding out who our friends are because it has been an eye-opening week for me when it comes to just who my friends really are. Some people who would have been at the top of my list to be in my corner, they are. Uh, They have been. They have been very, very faithful. Some that would have been anticipated have not been. And others who I would have never dreamed, they also have been a great encouragement to me during this week of trying to come down off of that incredible, I don't know if you could call it a high, 
but that adrenaline rush that was multiple hours of well over a hundred mile per hour winds hitting our homes and just the experience I had with God in the midst of it. So to say that I feel blessed to be talking with you again is absolutely an understatement. I am so thankful to God just to be here, just to be here. I am blessed beyond measure because where I'm seated at the moment, just 30 miles down the road, I'm in a temporary location right now because I don't have power at my house. I haven't had since the storm, since before the storm really hit. And in the midst of driving to where I'm located at the moment, I drove through some of the worst affected areas. I didn't see the worst of the damage, but I did drive through some of those areas. It's a a time of deep challenge, a time of adverse circumstances that would try the best of us. And last week we talked about the first four verses in 1 Samuel 18. We've been making our way through the book of 1 Samuel. We took a little um, segue and spent some time talking about more than conquerors based upon David and Goliath. And last week was our first jump back into the text talking about 1 Samuel 18. And I'm just going to read the first four verses just to set us in context. And we're going to talk about 5 through 16 this week. Last week we were talking about David, young David, who had just been the conduit for God defeating Goliath, the big giant. You know, most everybody knows that story. And so verse 1 of um, 1 Samuel 18, it says, After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David, together with his tunic, sword, bow, bow. I keep saying bow. Bow and belt. And... We talked about that last week, and you can go back and listen to that podcast either on my Podbean site or Apple Podcast or iHeartRadio or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's on the major, major uh, podcasting platforms. But this week, we're going to talk about how Jonathan's father responded to David. So... Putting back the David and Goliath situation, you've got David that comes out of nowhere as far as Saul is concerned. Even though he's come across him before, he he doesn't realize who who he is. And, And David is the only one willing. Nobody. Saul is not willing. None of Saul's men are willing to look through their, look past the human eyes and perspective and see Goliath through spiritual eyes and see that Goliath versus the Lord of Heaven's armies is a no contest. David is the only one with the courage to do that. 
And so David is a hero at this point, no doubt about it, because as a result of him stepping out, the Israelites end up defeating the Philistines. And David has brought the head of Goliath, grossest that is, uh, and presented that to King Saul. And then that's how this, this started with after David had finished talking with Saul. And then we have the first mention of this incredible relationship between David and Jonathan. And I mentioned last week, we're going to talk more about that. We're going to talk more in depth. It's just by God's timing that I'm reading a fictional book that never would I have thought that it was going to connect with the story of David and Jonathan, but it does. And so just this morning, I was listening to more information that is going to help us as we walk through the relationship, the intense relationship between David and Jonathan and, and talking more about relationships. This week, we're talking about a relationship, but we are talking about a relationship between Saul and David, and we're focusing more more than on the relationship itself. We're focusing on what David chooses to do and how David chooses to live his life. We're going to start walking down these scriptures, and then I'm going to use a couple of other scriptures in other parts of uh, God's Word to talk with us about living at peace with others as much as it is on you. Before I even read this text, I just want to remind us that Jesus, the perfect Son of God, the the God-man, the, the one who never did wrong, he did not live at peace with everyone. It is not possible to live at peace with everyone. If you do everything right, other people don't. So their perspectives are going to be for evil for you, for, you know, like there is no way to live at peace with everyone. But if you are at peace with God, that's what matters. And living a life that is pleasing to God and trusting Him that He will deal with relationships, that's the main focus we are talking about today. But let's start with this. So verse 5 of 1 Samuel 18, whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander over the men of war, an appointment that was welcomed by the people and Saul's officers alike. When the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistine, women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. Let's stop right there. So to this point, have we heard David do any wrong? No, we haven't. We have heard him step up to the plate when nobody else did. He trusted God. He, he went back in his memory as to all the times that God had fought on his behalf when he was the shepherd boy and he was out in the field. David is just honoring God and honoring the king. David is just doing the right thing. He's living an honorable life. And that's what we see to this point. And that's what we're going to see throughout today's text. 
Verse 7, this was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. If you were Saul and you were the king of Israel, how would that little ditty, how would that sound in your ear? Well, as we talked last week, you have Jonathan, who would have been the heir apparent that would have been the next king of Israel from a human standpoint. And David's success, instead of causing a rift and Jonathan saying, I don't want anything to do with you, Jonathan gives him his robe. He commits to him. He is, he chooses him as a friend and not just a friend, but a friend who will stick closer than a brother. Now Saul hears this song. Saul has killed his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And here's Saul's response. This made Saul very angry. What's this, he said? They credit David with ten thousands, and me with only thousands. Next, they'll be making him their king. So Saul is the king of Israel. Saul is in charge. David has defeated Goliath, and he has done well, but he's a young man. But Saul, when he hears that David's name has been lifted above his in what he's accomplished, there was an insecurity in Saul. I mean, it's just blaring out there and if you go back it's been it's been months since we talked about this but if you go back and listen to our podcast episodes that dealt with Saul whenever he was first chosen as the first king of Israel you're going to be, hear that insecurity do you remember that he was hiding when Samuel wanted to anoint him he was in hiding like he did not, he's like, why in the world would anybody choose me? I mean, he had this deep insecurity. And even after being king for so long and accomplishing mighty things, because he did, he was, he was victorious in many ways. He, he's, he's got this insecure spirit inside of him. If you've got an insecure spirit inside of you, it's going to taint every relationship that you have, every last one of them. This made Saul very angry. What's this? He said, they credit David with ten, th ten thousands and me with only thousands. Next, they'll be making him their king. Verse 9, so from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. And we're going to hear that. That is going to be a recurring theme that Saul is going to have a jealous eye on David. We are going to see many, 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 many encounters between Saul and David and how this all plays out. And it is quite amazing just how the insecurity of Saul and the jealousy of Saul and probably the mental issues of Saul it would definitely seem as such how we're going to see Saul just go off the rails. And yet David, what kind of life is David living? Is he doing anything intentionally to cause Saul any harm? No, he's honoring God and he's honoring his king, which is 
Saul, and we're going to see that. We're going to see that throughout that David is going to honor Saul as his king. Saul is the one with the issue. David does not. So then verse 10, it says, The very next day a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul, and he began to rave in his house like a madman. David was playing the harp as he did each day, but Saul had a spear in his hand, and he suddenly hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall. But David escaped in twice. Ooh, this got ugly very quickly, did it not? Absolutely. Um, Saul's jealousy? I mean, it went from zero to a hundred in the blink of an eye. And it says on here that this is a harmful spirit from God. If you look at the ESV, it says harmful spirit in the... NLT, it says a tormenting spirit from God. Either way, it is a spirit that causes Saul to become outraged. Do I think that God, that God did something here that Saul was not already open to? Absolutely not. Because we've already seen that Saul's jealousy was aroused just by the women singing. And God primes the pump. Why in the world would God do that? Well, God has purpose even in the midst of letting Saul fall into his own trap. So verse uh, 12, it says, Saul was then afraid of David. For the Lord was with David and then turned away from Saul. Now, how Saul knew that at that time, it doesn't say in Scripture that um, that the Lord had told Saul at that point that he had left him. Saul knew. And to this point, has David done anything, anything at all to try to take the kingdom from Saul? Has he done anything against Saul? He's done everything for him. He has done the right things. But Saul's gone off the rails anyway. Verses 14 through 16, which is where our focal verses are. David continued to succeed in everything he did, for the Lord was with him. When Saul recognized this, he became even more afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he was so successful at leading his troops into battle. And let's look at verse 14 and, uh, and 15 in the ESV. It says, And David had success in all his undertakings, for the Lord was with him. And when Saul saw this, he had saw that he had had great success. He stood in fearful awe of him. To this point, has David done anything wrong? Not from what we see in scripture. Did you hear anything that David has done? Has he done anything to stir up Saul's jealousy? Has he poked at Saul? Has he intentionally paid the women off so that they would sing the song? Like David has lived an honorable life. David has lived a life pleasing to the Lord. But the thing is, 
Just because we live a life pleasing to the Lord does not mean that our life will be pleasing to all people. There are so many people who get it in their heads that their job on this earth is to please people. That if they can somehow or another keep everybody happy, they will have accomplished the greatest of tasks. Number one, it's not possible. Number two, even if it was possible, it is not healthy. We live in a spiritual climate. We may act as though this is all about human relationships, but there is a spiritual realm. Uh, Proverbs 29, 25 says, Fearing people is a dangerous trap, and trusting the Lord means safety. If we spend our time always looking around, going, what does so-and-so think? Or what would people think? Or, and just continue to fill in the, the gap there. Anything that has to do with what another human being would think. Does this mean that we are not to be conscious of others' feelings? Absolutely not. That is not what I'm saying. But when it comes to relationships, not all relationships are going to work out. They, they are not going to. Maybe some of them will work out for a season, but not for a lifetime. God uses relationships in many, many ways. Sometimes it's the iron sharpens iron philosophy where God is using somebody in your life that maybe is a whole lot like you and that just rubs you the wrong way and God uses it to get you to where you need to be with him. Sometimes it's somebody who is polar opposite from you and you rub each other the wrong way, but God can still use that. When it comes to David in the text today, David is doing everything possible to live a life pleasing to the Lord. Romans 12, 17 through 18, you will see those scriptures in the show notes as well as the graphic in the show notes as well. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. That's what we're talking about this week. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. But that's all that you can. I know of people who are so torn up. They are so torn up because there is strife in a relationship. But I always remind them how much of the relationship is your responsibility. And no matter how you cut it, it's half. You are responsible for what you do, what you say, your motives, your attitudes. You are not responsible for their response. And as long as you would be willing to stand before the living God and give an account for your actions and be deemed honorable, 
what more can you do? We look at this text and we look at young David. Young David is living a life of honor. He's living a life of courage. He He's that model. At this season of his life, he was a model of a godly man. And Saul hated him for it. And sometimes it's really hard for us to just hold on to the whole thought that if we're living as best we can to be at peace with everyone, that that's not going to happen all the time. If you live a life of godliness, how in the world would you possibly think that the ungodly are going to be pleased with you? Like, that doesn't make any sense. But we put so much pressure on ourselves. As we look at the life of David, and we see how he is faithful, we see that Jonathan, who was much more stable than his father, how Jonathan was drawn to David because of his behavior, because of his attitude, because of his courage, because of his faith, Jonathan was drawn to David. And the same David that Jonathan was drawn to is the same David that Saul was repulsed by. David is no different, but the response to him by the two different generations in the line of Saul could not have been more different. And we're going to see that continue as we go on. So our weekly assignment feature for this week is I'm asking you, what more could you do today to live in peace with everyone? So I talked to you about Hurricane Ida at the very beginning, and I don't know when you might be listening to this podcast. It may be when Hurricane Ida is only a distant memory, or you may be in a part of the country that didn't experience anything of the storm. But I promise this is still going to apply to you. During this particular week, we've had a shooting and someone died at a gas station because of some sort of conflict over the very, very, very limited amount of gasoline that we have at the pumps in my area. We've had many disputes. I, I I just know that that has to be the case. People are exhausted. Tempers are flaring. There was one person I know that said that they waited four hours in line for gasoline early on. You could live at peace with everyone as best you can, and you can still have conflict. It can happen. But... I had someone just this morning that admitted that they haven't been living a life that would be considered peaceful. Um, After experiences such as Hurricane Ida, I always find myself shorter on patience. And I caught 
that happening the other day and it, it concerned me and I've tried what I can to remedy that. There are certain people in your life that when you think about them, you know that just the mention of their name does not bring about a heart of love and patience. It brings about a growling and like teeth bearing out. There are certain people who get to you. We've all got them in our life, whether we want to admit it or not. So what could you do today that would help you live more at peace with those type of people? Are you always going to be at peace with them? No. But God does not hold us accountable for the other person's response. God holds us accountable for how we act. How our attitude is. Do we love like Christ? Loving like Christ does not always mean that we are passive. There are times where you are going to take a stand. You're going to take a stand against wrong. And again, you are not going to make everyone happy. But are you making God happy? Is he pleased with your attitude? Is he pleased with your actions? As we continue to walk through the multiple interchanges between King Saul and David, as well as Jonathan and David, May you be challenged, may I be challenged to see what more I could do to live at peace with others. Maybe start with just one. Maybe start with somebody who you have been having a difficult time working with, worshiping with, playing with. What can you do? How can you change your attitude? It may very well be that the very first step is you will pray for them. Praying for someone with whom you have a contentious relationship, a challenging relationship, is a great first step. And you may say, oh, I'm going to pray that God will change them. And God may. God may very well answer your prayer in that way. But I can just about guarantee you he's going to answer in changing you. That he will work to transform and mold your heart into the shape of Christ's heart. A heart filled with love. As we finish out this particular podcast, what more could you do today to live in peace with, it says everyone, but who's that particular person? Who's the person that you you know? I need to up my game. I need to love them like Christ. There was a season of time, God just reminded me of this, 
there was a season of time where I was very frustrated with a Christian sister. Very frustrated. And I begged God. Begged God. That even in the midst of my internal conflict, that when this person looked in my eyes, they would see the love of Christ. I remember that prayer. Maybe that's what you need to pray until you have the love of Christ more naturally flowing from your heart. Let's pray together. Dear Father, we thank you for the story of David and and King Saul. Dear God, you have given us so much text in Scripture to reflect upon when it comes to their very complicated relationship. Dear Father, Saul was tormented. He was tormented even when David was doing exactly what you had called him to do. He was living an honorable life. But nothing he did would be able to calm the jealous spirit that was within King Saul. Dear Father, I pray that as we continue to walk through these scriptures over the next few months, that you would work in each of our hearts. I'm thinking that we each have at least one person with whom we could do better, that we could be kinder, that we could be more at peace when we speak to them, that we could love, love them more deeply. I pray that you would convict hearts this very moment, that you would put a picture of that person in our minds, and you would give us the courage and strength to to do what you would want us to do, to love like you would want us to love, to pray for them, to pray for them from the depths of our hearts. And dear God, please honor those requests. Please change us more to have a heart like Christ. Dear God, as we attempt to live at peace with others as best as it keeps us lined up with your word and your calling for our life, work in us, work through us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We've got the show notes down below. You can see our Facebook group, Encouraging Others and Loving Jesus. If you will just um, go to that site and request admittance, I will let you in. Uh, I promise there's just a handful of questions. Uh, My email address is encouragingothersandlovingjesus at gmail.com. Again, this podcast is free for you to listen to. It's free for you to share with others. I'd very much appreciate that if you would do just that. And as we continue to look at the complicated relationship between David and Saul, and then the very sweet, godly relationship between Jonathan and David, 
May God transform us. May God transform us more into the image of his son. And remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. <laughs>